0: Hey friends, this is episode 29 of Faith Fitness Joy, five tips for success on your weight loss plan. It can feel difficult to stay on track at times, especially if you're early on in your weight loss or health journey. I've found several tips in my own journey that have helped me stay on track with my nutrition and my weight loss goals. So, if you're in need of a lifeline to help you stay on track with your nutrition approach and weight loss journey, then please join me in today's episode for Faith Fitness Joy because I have got five tips to help you succeed. This is Faith Fitness Joy and I am Rochelle Weiss. Does losing weight or getting fit and healthy seem hopeless? Do you struggle with how to get started? Maybe you're tired of being on the diet and fitness roller coaster or sometimes feel overwhelmed, depressed, and like you have somehow lost yourself in the busyness of motherhood, work, and life. Do you want to have more energy and feel more connected and happy? Do you seek a deeper connection to God? Faith Fitness Joy is all about achieving whole health. It is about health of the body, mind, and soul for Christian moms. If you are ready to lose weight or get fit, improve your nutrition, feel better, healthier, and happier, while also strengthening and deepening your connection to God, This is a podcast for you. All right, welcome to episode 29. So perhaps you've recently embarked on a weight loss journey and you're starting to find that staying on track with the nutrition approach is getting challenging. Or maybe it's been some time and you've been finding yourself in that all or nothing trap, you know, where you've been on one of those days that you didn't have all the right foods on hand and you end up eating something off plan and then that leads to going off plan for the rest of the day, which turns into falling off plan for the rest of the week. It's okay. It happens to the best of us. Fortunately, it can be avoided and there are some things that you can do to set yourself up for success week to week. In more than 20 years of dieting and exercise myself, I have learned a few tips that have helped me to stay on track. So the ones I'm going to be breaking down for you today are number one, plan. Number two, prepare. Number three, know your go-to restaurant items. Four I know this is hard to believe, but avoid alcohol. And five, track. As you may know by now, if you've been listening to my podcast or following my blog, I have done just about every weight loss, fitness program, or diet that you can name. And this has taught me a ton. It has also um, led me to learn a number of keys to succeeding with whatever approach it is that you're doing to either lose weight or achieve whatever your body goals might be. Regardless of the program or the diet that you're following, successfully staying on plan really comes down to five key things. So let's get into them. So the first one, as I mentioned, is plan. So um, in my years working in public health, in the public health field, um, I one of the things we heard a lot was this phrase, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So you can apply this concept to a lot of things, including being successful in your weight loss or nutrition approach. Um, Having a plan is your prevention for going off track. In episode 15, Meal Planning Made Easy, I discussed meal planning and the many benefits of doing this. Chief among these is the time that it saves you in the long run, which is often one of the things that can really kind of creep up and become a real um, like roadblock to being successful and can really throw you off your game if, um, if it happens often enough because uh, we just kind of get worn down and we, we start to look for shortcuts wherever we can when we're not managing our time well and when we're, we're leaking time, if you will, in, in too many areas. Uh, in addition to your general meal planning, You also want to plan as much as you can in terms of your food for each week. So for example, snacks and daily lunches. While more detail is certainly helpful and the more kind of detailed or breaking down your plan you get, it can be good, it can be better. Um, It doesn't have to be to the nth degree though. And it doesn't have to be complicated. An example of what I do is generally I have at least two of my lunches for the week that I take that are based on or from leftovers from dinners that I cook. I factor this into when I'm planning the dinners. <clears throat> so depending on what I'm planning for dinners that week, like I'll look for where <clears throat> certain dinners, you know, are going to lend themselves to working as like a leftover for lunch for me. And so then I'll figure out which of those I can use for lunches at least twice that week. Uh, sometimes it might be more. I also plan lunches for the days that um, I'm not going to take leftovers or when I'm going to be working at home. And so having done this for several years now, I have a really good sense of the nutrition breakdown of most foods and snacks that I like and what fits well into my daily macros because I tend to do macros um, for the most part as my nutrition approach and my kind of um, method that I use for losing weight and getting to the goals that I have. Uh, so I plan all my meals and snacks accordingly. And then that way I don't have to think too much during the week. It's, it's all kind of figured out. I just spend, you know, a couple, I don't even spend a whole day per se. I'll take some time Saturday is usually when I might dedicate the most amount of time to it because that's when I'm going to do my grocery shopping. So I'll figure out the meals for the week and I'll do all my grocery lists and all of that from there. And then that way, at least I've got all the food covered and I kind of have my menu plan for dinners for the week, which, again, is going to save me time um, in the evenings um, and <clears throat> throughout the week. Uh, and then that way I can like take Sunday and I can kind of break it down into what I'm going to take on each day of the week for lunch and things like that. So number two is prepare. So again, a lot of preparation is done with the actual meal planning that I mentioned a minute ago. However, it's also really important to prepare for the unexpected and make sure that you have sort of a backup plan or you have some backups ready to go when things, you know, when life happens. So for example, what if you forget your lunch or your kids ate your leftovers that you were gonna take for lunch during the evening or something like that? That never happens to me, by the way. You want to have a few things on hand that you can grab in a pinch um, that are going to fit your plan. So of the ways that I do this, one is I keep a few things at work for both my snacks as well as emergency lunches for these types of situations. So examples of things that I like to keep on hand are like jerky, tuna pouches, whole grain crackers, cartons of soup or bone broth. Bone broth is a good one because it has actually quite a bit of protein in it. Um, so it's a good one to keep on hand, even for cooking. Um, I also keep pouches of rice and those fruit pouches like the, um, now I can't think of what they're called, like go, go squeeze. And there's a couple other ones that I get for my kids. Um, but that way, at least if I, you know, if I can't get my lunch or I forget to grab my lunch or something like that happens, I have these things at work that I can go to and it's going to keep me on track. And it's, you know, it's just that one day and I can, you know, better plan or, be more prepared the next day uh i also buy a few things to keep on hand that i can grab and go from home if i need to so some of these are things like pre-shredded rotisserie chicken i i like almost always have to have that in my house um bags of mixed raw vegetables i really love the um the stir fry mixes that has got like broccoli carrots and snow peas in it um it's just like a nice variety of mixed vegetables. It's vegetables that I like to eat raw because that's another thing. Like if you, if it's something you hate to eat raw, you, you got to find something that's going to work for you. You don't want to like pick stuff that, you know, of course is not, not enjoyable for you. Uh, and then things like string cheese and extra turkey lunch meat. Like I'll usually buy a, a whole extra pack of turkey lunch meat or lean ham lunch meat, uh, just for myself to take for snacks and stuff at work. Uh, so that then, you know, for the kids and stuff, um, There's another pack on hand that they can use for their stuff. I usually uh, pre-bag individual pre-measured servings of each of these things, particularly the chicken and the vegetables uh, before the work week starts. So all I have to do in the mornings when it's really hectic and everyone's trying to get ready, I just grab those bags and put them in my lunch bag. Um, And then depending on what I've planned for the week, I may also boil like half a dozen eggs or roast a large sheet pan of mixed vegetables. Like squash and asparagus, that's one of my favorites to do together. Um, and then I'll just put like a mix of those in a container and then I'll, I almost always include that for my lunch. Um, it's just a good way to get more vegetables in, in a way that is enjoyable. And it's already cooked and taken care of ahead of time. Another thing I love, I love beets. I absolutely love beets, um, especially golden beets. So I will also boil a bunch of those beforehand. Um, so number three, know your go-to restaurant or menu items. Okay, so there will always be times the unexpected happens when you want to go out for lunch or dinner with friends, right? You can, of course, still do this and enjoy great food and stay on track. It's just a matter of being armed with a little information. So almost anywhere that you go, you can find items on the menu that you can have that will not destroy all your efforts or throw you off of plan. In many cases, it might require some modifications. That's really not a big deal. A few general rules um, that can make a whole world of difference for you with this is, first one is uh, like sandwiches, burgers. Ask for the sauce or the mayo on the side. You know, mustard, even ketchup is one thing, but When you start getting into things like aioli's or mayonnaise or anything with a mayonnaise base or even if the bun's toasted, that means they're gonna have butter on it. So you just wanna be mindful of that. You can can try to estimate and track it and factor it into like your macros or your calories if that's what you're doing, but it's really ideal to just ask for it on the side so that you can put it on yourself. This way you can control the amount of um, what you're putting on your sandwich. You have a better sense of the amount that's being used so you can be more accurate in your tracking. Um, And you're just more aware of what is actually going on. Because, you know, some places, like, they will just put so much sauce on there and it can end up being, like, you know, 20, 30 grams of fat, depending on where you are, the size of the sandwich, and the amount of sauce that they're using. Um, this is also uh, a good rule of thumb for salads. So, you know, asking for the salad dressing on the side, um, as well as any other high fat item like cheeses, um, Cobb salad is another one where it's, it's one of my favorite salads. It's so good. Um, but you gotta be really careful with these because they can easily like be over a thousand calories for a single salad and they can be super high in fat depending on, how they're prepared and the amount and the portions and all of that. So one thing I do with salads, um, in general, and I'll just keep going with the cob salad as an example, because if you also like it as much as I do, then it's, it's, and it can actually be a good one for a source of protein, um, and vegetables and even some fat. But again, it's, it's all about getting the right balance here. So, um, with like, what I'll do if I want to I have a cob salad, is I will ask them to put the blue cheese on the side and I will ask them to put the bacon on the side. I don't like egg with mine, so I generally ask them to hold the egg. Um, if I am like where, like maybe lower on my protein for the day, I'll let them leave, I'll have them leave the egg there and I'll just, you know, eat the egg separately and factor it in for my protein. Um, so that way I can control the amount of cheese that's going into the salad. I can tr- control the amount of bacon that's going into the salad. Um, you can usually, the way they serve it that I've experienced is usually like the avocado is kind of sliced for you. So you can see, is it half an avocado? Is it a quarter of an avocado? And then depending on the amount that they put there, you can either cut some back or you can roll with it knowing where you're at with your um, amount of fats for the day. And then Another little trick I use with salads in particular with regardless of the type is the dressing. I always get it on the side and then I just kind of dip my fork into the dressing and like circle it around to get some of it on the fork and then I will start eating my salad with it. And that way you still get the dressing but you're not eating as much. Um, Another thing you can do is you can also just like um, add bits by bits and, and just be aware of the amount, like try to use maybe half of what they give you or even less than that. If you can, um, every place is different, but I mean, I've had places bring me close to half a cup of salad dressing when I asked for it on the side. and Then it makes me like wonder, Oh my goodness, is that what they're putting on these salads when they, you know, if you don't ask for it on the side. So, um, but a lot of times they'll use containers that you can tell from the size of the container, uh, like roughly what the amount of salad dressing in it is, and then you can go back up from there. Um, another thing that I'll do is, um, ask for them to leave certain ingredients, like off of the item completely, depending on what it is. So, um, trying to think like there's, uh, like, so for example, if you want to get a hamburger, right, hamburgers are tricky, especially at a restaurant, because usually they use a very high fat amount of, uh, like a high fat cut of beef. So, Most of the time I have to opt for a turkey burger, which I don't mind. I think they're just as good. Um, Or you can often also switch out like a grilled chicken breast. Um, So those are a couple things you can do. And then depending on like where I am and how I've planned for the day, I might ask them to leave like the cheese off, for example, um, just to keep the, the fat content down. Or another thing I'll do sometimes is I'll just cut the sandwich in half when I get it and I'll just put half of it aside to take home and then... I'm only eating half of it. Um, also steamed vegetables instead of mashed potatoes. If it's like a dinner item or something that comes with, um, you know, I think of like steak or seafood dishes or things like that, where you might have a side of mashed potatoes. Um, so a lot of times I'll ask them to replace the potatoes with steamed vegetables, uh, or I'll just ask for extra steamed vegetables. So that way I can eat some of the potatoes, but then I'm, filling up more on the rest of the vegetables so that I'm not getting too much of the mashed potatoes because again, you never know like how much, how much butter, how much milk they're putting in there. So it's harder to gauge. Uh, another thing I'll do is asking for a side salad instead of French fries. If it's something that comes with French fries, it's just another good way to, um, lighten it up and not, um, get over your fat amount. Um, uh, Avoiding deep fried items in general on a menu is just a good tip um, to follow. Opting for grilled instead of fried is always the best way to go. Um, But then again, you know, if you're doing like a plan where you have off plan meals once a week or something like that, you know, you can also use that for those instances. It's just, you gotta be mindful that this is like once a week. So if it comes up on a day that's not your off plan, meal day then these are some things you can do Uh, and a more general way to approach this is basically looking for the menu items that are the most in line with your nutrition plan or your approach and just using that as your guide Uh, like i said most places will accommodate requests or modifications you know i've never run into anything where they're like oh no we won't do that um and they'll also a lot of times have menu options that are specifically geared toward certain diets, if you will, or eating plans. Uh, like a lot of places you'll go, you can see where they'll have like a low carb item. You can see where they'll have like a light and fit section or something like that. They all call them something a little bit different. Um, but the thing is, too, as you get more familiar with doing this, like the longer that you're if you're tracking macros, for example, or if you're whatever plan you're doing, right, the longer that you stick with it, the better you kind of get uh, a sense and, and informed about what you can and can't have, what you have to watch, what you have to eat in moderation, what your levels are. So macros is a good one, right? Like, um, you'll generally be at a certain ratio of fat, carbs and protein doing macros. So you'll have an idea how many fats you can have in a day, how many protein and how many carbohydrates. And just a side note, when you're doing macros, I've been doing this for years now, um, it's almost never that you're over on your protein. It's all, it's like really hard to hit your protein and it's like way too easy to hit your fat and your carbohydrates. So um, you start to get a sense really quick of where you wanna cut fat out, where you can have fat, how much of a certain amount of fat you can have for certain types of fats and all of that. So you'll get really familiar with this and you'll be able to look at a menu and know where you need to make some modifications and where you need to trim some things out and if you don't want to be like i always call it like being a sally if you've ever seen when harry met sally Um, i've embraced being a sally at the restaurant i don't care anymore but um if if it's a little uncomfortable you can um you know find some things where you don't have to modify as much and then you can just modify it when they bring it to you you know like you can take the cheese off your burger yourself when they bring it out um you can take the sauce off yourself when they bring it out until you get a little more comfortable doing that. So, there's ways to go about it. Um I just like to do the modifications one because I've gotten comfortable with doing it and I'm like in this my in my mindset it's like, you know, I have goals, I have Um, I know what I want to accomplish. I know what I want my health to be like. I know how I want to feel and all of those kinds of things. And so I don't have a problem. I'm very comfortable at this point with doing that. But um, if you're not, you can find ways. I just like to do the modifications ahead of time because then I don't have to worry about the temptation and I don't have to worry about it being there. It's like once your food's there, you know, you've got your food. It's the way you know you you want it to be, and you're all good. And then you can just enjoy the meal because really, it's more about the company, right? If you're if this is an outing where you're out with your husband or spouse, or you're out with your girlfriends, um, whatever it is, like it's really more about the atmosphere and being there with with them than it is the food. Yes, of course, we want to enjoy our food, but you know what I mean. Like when you kind of get in the rhythm with this, you're you'll get the hang of it, and it's really about getting a sense of um, what you can and can't have and knowing how to make these modifications. And another thing that can help is to get familiar with the menu beforehand. If you know you're gonna go out with your friends um, for dinner Friday night and you're going to a certain place and that's not when you wanna use your off-plan meal, then you can check out the menu online. A lot of times the menus are online and then you you can figure it out beforehand. You don't have to worry about it when you get there. So that's another thing you can do. Okay, tip number four. I feel like taps might need to be playing in the background for some of us because this was really hard for me at at first to like accept and do, but avoid alcohol. Like I said, I know you may not wanna hear this. If you're like me, you might love your vino, but alcohol is not your friend when you are trying to lose weight. It's sad, but it's true. It is not your friend and Um, if you're really trying to like improve your physique and get to a certain goal, you got to avoid alcohol. It's just a sad truth, but it's the truth. In a nutshell, when you drink alcohol, your body switches from metabolizing whatever it is that you've eaten that day to metabolizing the alcohol. So basically like all of your metabolic resources, if you will, switch over to dealing with with the alcohol because you have to remember it is a toxin and so it's your body's going to go straight into processing it and clearing it out of your system um and some of you may be familiar that it you know generally it's said that it takes about an hour per drink for your body to go through this process Um, so for at least an hour per beverage this is what your body's doing instead of burning your calories Um, And then of course, if you have uh, a few drinks, it's gonna be a longer process. Um, And so all that calorie or fat burning is basically being put on hold while you're drinking. And then to make matters worse, if you've had a few, you are gonna start to find that your appetite might increase and you end up eating more food than you normally would. Like, you know, we all know alcohol lowers inhibitions, it makes you feel loose and relaxed. So not only the calories and the alcohol, not only this sort of pause that it's putting on your metabolism, but now, you know, you're starting to feel like, oh, it's okay, I'm going to have that um, dessert or I'm going to eat the French fries or whatever. And, you know, sure, maybe one one of those is fine, but that that's not what tends to happen when we get into this place. And so the next thing you know, you've... Probably like you you could you could let's just say you could easily ingest like an additional five to a thousand calories, five hundred to a thousand calories just from going out for drinks with your friends and starting to like you know have some of these late night snacks or snacks um and just eating stuff that maybe you normally wouldn't eat that's not really you know friendly to the waistline um. So, that being said, there are ways that you can still enjoy the occasional glass of wine or cocktails or, you know, like a night out with your friends. Um, but you just want to keep it to a minimum and you want to be mindful as you're doing this. Now, macros in particular, macro tracking in particular, does kind of lend itself to this in a way. Um, there's a certain way, and I talk about this in my um, macro tracking episode. Um, I think it's a couple episodes back where. Um, I kind of break down how you could go about doing this for macros. It's basically you have to do like some planning in your day um, and you have to you have to kind of eat around wanting to be able to have that glass of wine or two with your friends or cocktails or whatever it is that you're you're planning um, so that you make sure that you kind of create room for it in your daily macros, if you will. Um, but again, this is something that you really don't want to, it's not, I would not like, so for me, one thing I've given up in the past couple years, um, I was a person that, you know, I loved to come home after work. And then when I would start like making dinner, um, I loved to have a glass of wine when I was cooking dinner. And then I would usually like have a glass of wine after dinner as well. Like after and work, you know, this was when my job was really stressful and, um, uh, and there, you know, at a point it kind of got to where it was like, I was probably relying on it a little too much to kind of calm down. Um, that's a story for another time, but, um, I had to like, let that go after a point. Cause I, you know, I got stuck, I wasn't making progress and I had to really look at like, okay, where, what's going on here. And, um, <clears throat> I started to look at, okay, maybe it's, maybe it, it is, um, not working to, um, be doing the, you know, my couple glasses of wine in the evening, um, even though I was fitting them into my macros. Um, and you can do that. But there's a point where you're, you're going to have to look at that and because your body's going to kind of stop moving forward in the direction that you're trying to go. So um, like everything, moderation is key. Um, it's not about, you know, completely denying yourself every single thing you enjoy. We all love to go out with our friends and you know, have those different um, indulgences and it may not even just be about alcohol, but, um, but it is, it's really, it can really hinder your progress, uh, if you're not really keeping it to really a minimum. So that is the fourth tip is really just avoiding alcohol. And then the last tip is track. This is really one of the more seemingly, at least in my opinion, underrated tips, for success when it comes to weight loss or even just maintaining. Um, for so long I would just eyeball stuff and keep track in my head and I thought like it was all good. Um, please, please, please don't do this, don't do this. I, I, Having done this myself and learned the hard way, I can tell you it's not the best method at all. In fact, it it's really a bad method. Um, because it is incredible how far off you can get doing this. Um, so for example, peanut butter, and you guys may have seen some of this if you have done a lot of digging around online about, you know, eating right and tracking food and all this different stuff. Um, but the peanut butter is a, is one example a lot of people use where like when most of us like quote eyeball two tablespoons of peanut butter, um, we're actually putting close to like a quarter cup or half a cup on our, you know, whatever. Um, because I think it's four tablespoons as a quarter cup. So what we think two tablespoons looks like, like when we're eyeballing it, is actually clo- closer to four tablespoons. Um, so it's really important um, to measure. Uh, salad dressing is another one um, that is, you know, our eyeball is far from reality in the worst way possible. So Um, you really want to make sure you're measuring in addition, um, and tracking is one thing where you, you know, you, it can help because you're measuring out what you're eating and then you're tracking exactly the amount and exactly the macros or calories or whatever it is you're keeping track of. Um, aside from this, tracking makes you more aware of what you're eating each day and provides you with really valuable data that you can use for your own benefit later. So... For example, on the days that you find yourself feeling like way hungrier throughout the day, you know those days where it's like, why do I feel like a bottomless pit today? Like you'll eat and then like you still feel hungry and you can't figure out why. Well, when you go back, like at least for me, when um, this is usually like during the weeks where I might have upped my exercise amount. So for example, a few months back, I was really not doing a lot of cardio. I was focusing on my lifting. And I was either not doing any cardio at all, or I was doing like a little bit of walking a few times a week or something like that after my lifting workout. Um, and so my appetite had kind of leveled off. And um, in fact, I wasn't even, I was having a hard time hitting all my macros because my hunger level wasn't there. Um, but then about, I don't know, maybe a month ago, a um, month or two ago, I started bringing back in, um, moderate cardio after my lifting workouts. So I've been doing maybe anywhere between 15 and 30 minute cardio after my lifting workouts, um, several days a week, not every single workout. Um, and so when I kind of connected those dots, it was like, oh, that's why I'm feeling hungrier. Um, because I was expending more and I'm, I'm starting to do, um, more exercise than what I had been doing for a while. So, Um, this is one of the reasons that tracking can really help you so much because I also track my exercise in addition to what I eat and my water. So it just helps you to get to the root of why you might be feeling super hungry or maybe why you're not feeling so hungry, um, and what foods that you're eating. Cause the other thing that happens sometimes is like you're, you might be, especially with macros, this is one of the slippery slopes with macros, right? Because the general rule is if it fits your macros, you can have it. So if you are at the end of the day and say um, you don't, you've eaten all your protein, you don't have much fat left, if any, but you have like maybe 20 or 30 grams of carbs left for the day. Well, you could eat something like a treat, so to speak, that doesn't have like protein or fat in it, right? Like one of mine is marshmallows. I don't know why I just love freaking marshmallows. And so sometimes I'll fill my end of the day macros that way. It's not the best thing to do all the time, but sometimes I do, especially if I have a sweet tooth. Um, But so what I'm getting at is when you start to look at your food diary and what you're tracking, you can see like, oh, maybe I was hungrier because um, I used some of my macros for potato chips uh, with my lunch instead of vegetables. And so, you know, your body just burns that up really fast. It goes through that energy from potato chips really quickly. And there's not a whole lot of nutrition in potato chips. so. It's like, it's just, they're just empty calories, right? So you can start to see where you have too much of those and how it's affecting how you feel throughout the day. Um, so that's another reason tracking is so awesome. Uh, and then the other thing about it is when you go to check your progress every couple weeks, you can look back and see what is contributing to your results, regardless of what the results are, like whether you're, you didn't have any change, whether you, Um, dropped a few pounds and some inches, or whether you went up a couple pounds and maybe your your measurements didn't move. Um, This will help you to get an idea of that by looking back at what you're eating, what your tracking log says, like were there days that you weren't quite hitting your macros, Uh, were there days that you were a little bit off on your um, nutrition plan, whatever it was. Uh, So regardless of what you do, Keeping track of your food as well as the exercise and water intake is a great way to keep yourself on track and sustain your progress. There's a huge psychological component to this that I cannot, like, emphasize and stress enough um, that really helps with um, keeping you on track and, like, the psychology of it. Like, your brain sees this and there's also something about, like, as you're writing stuff down, um, it, it goes in in a subconscious level, it gets in there. So it's really beneficial in multiple ways um, because it can help around mindset. It can help with keeping you in the game. It can help with discipline. So um, anyway, obviously I'm a big fan of tracking. I have been doing this for years to keep myself, you know, going um, and to see where I'm at and to see where I need to make adjustments. Um, And I have been doing this so long that I have tried a number of different uh, trackers and stuff. And, um, I never really found one. I, I, that kind of fit all the things that I wanted in a single tracker. So I would often have like multiple different trackers. Um, I've seen some that were designed like for monthly. And then like, they had like a square for each day in the calendar to write your stuff. And it wasn't enough room Um, and then I had like some exercise trackers that I really loved, but then they didn't have anything to track like the food. And so it was like, I felt like I was always using like three different things. Um, so I finally was like, Hey, why don't I make my own? So, um, I did, I've uh, developed one that I really love. I use it myself. Um, and it, I have several different versions. Um, they're all the same interior. Um, they all have a space where you can track like your weightlifting workouts by um, the exercise, the amount of weight you're lifting each set, and then the number of reps. And then there's a space to track your cardio exercise. There's um, a space. There's a table for each um, day for your meals. Um, so it's got uh, spaces for snacks and your main meals. And then there's a water tracker. And each page has a day that you can track everything for the day. So. I really love it, I use it every day. Um, And I have a number of those available on Amazon. Um, So you can check out the links for those in the episode description. Um, I've put them in there. Uh, And you can go check those out and grab yourself some. If you also wanna see what they look like, you can check out the store on my website. It's uh, www.faithfitnessjoy.com and there's a store on there where you can um, see all the different journals um, like daily trackers. And I also have uh, a number of planners and journals that I've published um, for some of the time management stuff I talk about. Um, So they're all there if you want to check them out and see what the inside of them look like and see if that's something that would work for you. So my friends, those are the five tips for how to be successful with your nutrition and helping you keep on track. I hope you find these helpful. That is it for today's episode of Faith Fitness Joy. So please share your thoughts in the comments. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to know what you're finding helpful. Um, And if you want to continue the pursuit of Faith Fitness and Joy with me, please like and subscribe. And you can also follow me on social media. I am Faith Fitness Joy on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can check out the website, like I said, faithfitnessjoy.com. Thanks so much for listening today. And I hope to see you in the comments and on the socials. Thank you so much for joining Faith Fitness Joy today. I hope you found something helpful in today's episode. I would love to hear what you think, so please leave a comment and let me know what you found helpful or what you'd like to learn more about in future episodes. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe. You can also connect with me on social media at Faith Fitness Joy on Instagram or Facebook. Check out the blog at www.faithfitnessjoy.com. This is Rochelle Weiss wishing you health and happiness of mind, body, and soul.